you are listening to By the Book. Because if you don't look at the world through the Bible, you will never see it right. This is Alan Griffith, your host for episode 17 of By the Book. If you've been with us, you know that we are using 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14 as a basis to challenge us men to be the men that we need to be. We've seen a number of exhortations. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men. And now we come to a little two-word challenge, but what a challenge it is. Two words. Paul says this, be strong. Be strong. Why do we need to be strong? Well, I want to tell you why. The pressures and the problems are great. And you and I must not collapse in the face of those pressures, problems, and difficulties. And I want to tell you, things are worse today. The pressures and problems are greater today than at any time in my life. There are great pressures on individuals, on marriages, families, church, the country. The pressures are unbelievable. And it's in the face of pressure that we are encouraged to be strong. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't quit. I want to tell you something. Men are going to be held accountable. Now, a lot of times people don't want to think about that. Men don't want to think about that. But I believe as I study the scripture that a man is going to be held accountable. You're going to be held accountable for yourself. There's a lot of men who who blame their failures on other people. I've heard men say up say, "Well, I can't be the man I'm supposed to be because I didn't have a father or people let me down or whatever it might be." Listen, everybody's had problems. But you and I have to step up and be the man that God wants us to be regardless of what our past was, regardless of what people did or did not do, whether they failed us or whatever it might be, you're not going to be able to point the finger at somebody else and say, well, he's the reason, she's the reason why I'm not the person I'm supposed to be. No, that's not going to work. Men are going to be held accountable for their marriage. And you might say, yeah, but you don't know my wife and what she's like. You married her. You made lifelong commitments to her and God made you to be the leader. And you need to step up and be the leader that God wants you to be according to what he says in the Bible, because you are going to answer for your marriage. You're going to answer for your children. And a lot of times people are trying to find somebody else to blame for the way their children have turned out. Well, listen, God gave them to you. If you've got children, God gave those children to you, and you are accountable for rearing them, training them, loving them. You are accountable. And again, you might have all the reasons in the world why something went wrong, but you and I are accountable. Is it any wonder that we find in Scripture the challenge to be strong? I want to be strong. I don't want to give in. I don't want to give up. I want to be faithful to the Lord all my days. And I'd like to think that's your desire too. 
Well, let me read to you from the scriptures because there's some great words in the Bible that will help us with all the things that we have to deal with. And accept the accountability, accept the responsibility. Here in Ephesians chapter 3, I want to read to you. Paul is praying for the believers at Ephesus. And here's one of his prayers. And I love this. He said that he was praying that he, God, would grant you, us, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now, I need that. I want that. That we would be strengthened with might. You know what might is? Might is the enablement and the power to do what's right. It's the enablement and the power to do what we need to do, what we should do. And so Paul's praying, saying this, that God, according to his riches and glory, would help us to be strengthened with might, enablement, and power by his Spirit. Oh, how we need the Spirit of God to work in us. And then he says this, in the inner man, the inner man. What's the inner man? Well, the inner man is my heart. That's the seat of my emotions. That's the, the, the inner part, the deepest part of my being. But then I've got my mind, my mind where I do my thinking and my contemplating and my planning and my remembering and all that goes on all the time in this mind of mine. And then I've got my will. That's where I make decisions, tough choices. And then I've got my emotions. And boy, emotions can take you sky high and they can throw you down to the bottom. Paul is praying that the Spirit of God would work in our inner man, that he would work in our mind and our will and our heart and our emotions so that we would be enabled to do what we ought to do and live the way we ought to live. I need that strength. I need that strength. I think you probably need it too. How about Ephesians chapter 6? Paul is ready to enter into a discussion about the armor of God, and we're not going to get into that discussion in this session. But I want to remind you of what he said in Ephesians 6.10 as he prepared for that discussion. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I sometimes wonder if men realize the simple truth that we are incapable of handling the pressures and the problems on our own. We can't do it. In our own strength, in our own ability, we're going to make a mess of things. We desperately need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 10, all again, he's concerned for, praying for the believers at Colossae. And he's praying, he says, that, that they might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, 
And then this, strengthened with all might, there's that word, according to his glorious power, not my power, not my strength. I can't do it. I can't handle it. According to his glorious power, unto the results being, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Oh boy, do we need patience. You know, patience is a term that literally means to remain under. The Greek term is made up of of two words, hupo meno. Hupo is under, meno is remain. Patience is a term, hupo meno is a term that primarily has to do with circumstances that we face. Why do we need patience? The idea of patience is that we are to learn a lesson. God has lessons for us to learn. And whether we like it or not, a lot of the lessons that we learn and a lot of the lessons that God intends us to learn come through difficult experiences. But if you're like me, when I come into a difficult experience, my first desire is to get out. I want to get out from under it. I don't want to deal with it. I'd like it to go away. Here's patience. Here's hupomeno. Remain under until you learn the lesson. You know, I've said many times uh, to the Lord as I've gone through some hard times, Lord, I don't want this to be a wasted experience. I don't like where I am. I don't like what I'm going through. But if you're allowing this for me to learn something and, and to grow, then again, I don't want this to be wasted. I want to learn whatever you have for me to learn. But you know, I can't do that, and you can't do that in uh, in our own strength. And so that's why Paul is praying that God would strengthen us, that God would minister to us. He uses then the term long-suffering, unto all patience, and then long-suffering. Now, the terms patience and long-suffering are, in a sense, related to each other. Patience is how we deal with circumstances. Long-suffering is how we deal with people. Now, people can be a problem, right? People can be very, very difficult. It might be people who are over you and you are subject to their authority. That can be tough. Sometimes it is people who are under you who can be extremely frustrating. But you know what? God wants to strengthen us so that we can handle circumstances in a right way and we can handle people in a right way. And amazingly, the term that Paul uses to conclude the thought is this, with joyfulness. How do you do with that? I don't do so well with that all the time, but that's the challenge. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience, dealing with circumstances, and long-suffering, dealing with people, with joyfulness. Well, I get frustrated. I'm sure you do too. But God says, I want you to be strong. And you and I need to say, Lord, if I'm going to be strong, I need you to give me the strength. I can't do it. Paul wrote to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. 
He says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, that term is actually written in the passive voice. As a matter of fact, uh, our term be strong from 1 Corinthians 16 is also written in, in the passive voice. And what that means is this, allow yourself to be strengthened. Allow yourself to be strengthened. So here in 2 Timothy 2, and again, also in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13, here it says, thou therefore, my son, be strong. Allow yourself to be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You know why that's powerful? Here's why. Because that suggests to us that God is both willing and able to give us the strength that we need. It isn't that I have to conjure up strength. It's that I have to yield to God who is willing to strengthen me, who is able to strengthen me. He's able and willing to give me everything I need as a man, as a Christian, as a husband, as a father, as a member of a church, as somebody out in the workplace. God is willing and able to help me be everything that he wants me to be. And I need to cast myself on his mercy. I need to open myself to his grace. And I need to say, Lord, I really want to be that kind of person. Please work in me, change me, help me learn, help me grow. Listen, sir, don't just write this off. Don't write this off. God is trying to make us into a certain kind of man. God wants to use us. God wants to bless us. But in our human weakness, in our own ability, I want to tell you something, we'll, we'll never make it. We'll never be able to do the things that God wants us to do. Still in 2 Timothy, Paul, writing to Timothy, gives a testimony. He says in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 16, he says, at my first answer, Paul was in prison. 2 Timothy is his last letter. And he, he's talking about the first time he was in prison and the things that he had to deal with. And he says this, at my first answer, no man stood with me. You ever been there? You ever been in a situation where you feel like, you know what? Uh, there's nobody else standing. Uh, there's nobody I can turn to. There's nobody who is perhaps willing to help or able to help. But in this case, it was people who were not willing. He says, in fact, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. Now, I hope in your case it isn't all men, but it might be. But I want to tell you this. There are going to be times in life, maybe you're going through some of it right now, where men aren't going to be there. And some will forsake you. They'll They'll walk away from you when you are trying to do the right thing. And sometimes we have no choice but to stand alone. But it's tough to stand alone if we're going to try to do it in our own strength. 
because humanly we were weak. So he says, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. Everybody walked out on me. I pray God, here's God's grace in Paul's life. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. So maybe these men walked away from Paul because they were afraid. They gave in to the pressures and they turned their back on him. However, verse 17, he goes on and says this, notwithstanding, in spite of people, in spite of those who would not stand, in spite of those who walked away from me and abandoned me, he said, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. You know, sometimes in life, you have to stand alone. I can remember, I often tell the story years ago when I was a pastor, we had a Christian school and we had uh, three young fellows who called my secretary and wanted to know if they could come and talk to me. And so I told her, yeah, send them up. So they came up and the three of them said, pastor, we have decided that we are going to live for the Lord. Now, I will say this, a Christian school can be a, a tough place to live for the Lord. Believe me, there's always some who are going to be the, uh, the, the no good crowd, if you will, the worldly crowd, the sinful crowd. And when they see somebody who really wants to get serious about living for God, they can make it really tough on them. So these three kids come in and they say, we've decided we really want to live for the Lord. And I said to them, and I, I feel like I hurt them, but I said to them, well, guys, you can't do that. You cannot decide to live for the Lord as a threesome. Each of you have to decide to live for the Lord as an individual. And if each of you will decide to live for the Lord as an individual, then you can find fellowship with one another because you are each standing alone before God. But if it's a, a threesome who's kind of making a pact together, well, then one falls, you probably all fall. And one of the toughest things in life is to stand alone. It's hard. People can turn on you. People can walk away from you, just as they did with the Apostle Paul. And even if we're a man, a pastor, a deacon, a Christian, whatever it might be, we'll find times when we will have to stand alone or not stand at all. But Paul said this, notwithstanding these men, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Paul says, you know, God delivered me. God delivered me. Even though no men stood with me, he says, God stood with me. God delivered me. And it was a, a time of great victory. Now, I want to go back just for a few moments to Philippians, and you are familiar, no doubt, with uh, Paul's testimony that he could do all things through Christ, which strengthened him. Paul says, beginning in verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want. He had just talked about his thankfulness for help from the Philippian church, but he said this, I have learned. Boy, we all need to learn. He said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. 
He said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then he said this, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You know, that's for you and that's for me. You and I need to be strong, but our strength is not in ourselves. But I want to tell you, because I believe with all my heart, that when you and I surrender ourselves to God and allow God to work in us, he will give us the strength to handle the problems and the pressures, no matter what they might be. Lord bless you.